Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm a backwards boy. I'm a backwards Welcome back to our number two of Jim Strader Outdoors. And, uh, yes, I am a backwoods boy, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> uh, that's the number one reason we use that as our theme song heading into our number two of Jim Strader Outdoors. Special program tonight in that we are inviting you to call in and tell us what you like about the program, what you don't like about the program, what you would like to hear more of during the year. Uh, this is what I call my humble pie program in that uh, I'm opening this up to you to tell us what you like, what you don't like, whatever the case may be. The numbers to do so, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Obviously, I do my level best to juggle all the outdoor activities uh, and give you previews of what's coming up, keep you abreast of issues that uh, are on the plate or of concern. And my favorite thing I I really like to do is kind of let you know what's around the corner, you know, when the fish are getting ready to spawn, when the deer are rutting, when the turkeys are peak gobbling uh, situations, things of that nature. That's what really winds my watch. But again, I'm here for you. If it weren't for you folks, I would not be here. I'm deeply appreciative of that. And in that regard, I want to hear from you tonight. Again, those numbers, 571-8484, Let's go to Kenny, who's been holding for some time. Hey, Kenny, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing very well, sir. Uh, but, uh, I, before I get to my question, I just wanted to say that, well, growing up, my favorite thing I look forward to every year was going to the Jim Strader Hunting and Fishing Expo. And uh, it, it, to me, it was something that, that really kept me interested in the outdoors. And it, it, right, it was right up there next to Christmas for me. So <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to let, get that out there. Well, Kenny, but, uh, I, I appreciate it, and I, I gave that almost 20 years of my life. It about killed me, but it was fun. I loved doing it, and I'm delighted that you enjoyed going there. Well, thank you. Uh, I, one of the things I, I'd like to hear more about, I guess, is you know, is uh, predator predator hunting. And, uh, you know, it, it's something I'd like to do during the off season. But, you know, that and, uh, you know, I guess I, more suggestions on places for uh, public hunting. Okay, but especially uh, I guess for for predator, you know, things things to do other, you know during the off season to, to stay sharp for deer season. 
Okay. In predator hunting in particular, you uh, want to know more about coyotes? Is that your particular target? Uh, yes, more or less. Okay. I'm not, you know, anything in general to get me in the woods, to be honest. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. The late winter period is when I usually do my predator hunting shows. Have you heard them in the past? Uh, uh, no, be, be honest, I've uh, I've just really started getting into to listening to to the show. So I, I've uh, you know, I've listened to it before here and there, but but now every Sunday it's something I make sure I'm either in the car or sitting next to the radio at, at home. I got a two year old, so it's, it's kind of hard. But but I see. Well, the reason I ask that, I, I do predator hunting shows every year, generally right about the time deer season winds down. The reason I'm bringing that up to you, my shows are archived on iTunes, uh, if you, you know how to connect with that, or Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Spreaker.com. And uh, if you connect with those, I've had some predator hunting experts on in the past, and they were Awesome. They did a great job for us. So I'd encourage you to, to look those up or, you know, any of the shows you'd like to hear from our past uh, broadcast. So you can do that. But I, I, I'm on point. Predator hunting is, well, I was one of the first guys speaking about my hunting and fishing expo. I was one of the first uh, producers of those kind of shows that ever did predator uh, seminars at our shows, and they were as well attended as anything else we did, and that stuck in my brain. So we'll be doing some of that in in the future, and I, I appreciate you letting me know you enjoy that. Well, well, thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Kenny. Let's go to Jim, who's calling from Shelby County. Yes, Jim. Hello. How are you all? Doing great, sir. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Uh, I'd like to hear more on hunting in general. And the uh, Gary Roman and the gun talk? Yes, sir. I'd love to hear more of that. And, uh, Jim, are you an NRA member? No, sir, I'm not. Uh, and I'm ashamed to say that, but I'll tell you why I'm not. If I'm a member, I could be accused of being partisan. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm a supporter. The uh -huh. best way for me to support it is... Honestly, everybody that owns a gun ought to be a member of that organization, and yeah. I work closely with their uh, field personnel, and it's just kind of a, I don't know, several years ago I was accused of being partisan because I belonged to an organization, and I thought, you know what, best thing for me to do is, is as an outsider to give my opinion or my position about things like yeah. that. So, you still be active that way. Absolutely, and I am, and I I support them every way I know how, and I would encourage anyone to join it, and they should if they own a gun. Yeah, I've been a member for quite a while. Uh, as an NRA member, I remember a segment. It was either in that magazine or on TV. It's entitled "What I Would Like to See Them Make" as far as the firearms industry. Uh huh. And there was some really interesting stuff in our ideas people had, you know, as far as making guns. And they would call in, and Gary could weigh in on it, you know, and I thought that would be nice. <laughs> well, he is extremely knowledgeable about firearms, as I'm sure you understand. And yeah. I love having him on the show as a frequent guest because we get lots of calls, and he gives out really good 
concerted information, and that's what we're about here. So uh, I, I'm glad you enjoy that, and we certainly will continue to have him on. Okay. What uh, is it illegal to use a turkey call in the off season to lure in a coyote? Uh, well, it depends on when. Uh, uh-huh. Preseason, pre you know, up to, leading up to turkey season, that's illegal. But the rest of the year, it's not. Okay, that was what I was wondering about. All righty, that's that's all I need. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, keep on with that good show. I look forward to it every Sunday. Hey, Jim, I appreciate you very much. Let's go to Mark, who's calling from Rough River. Yes, Mark. Jim, a couple uh, uh, months ago, Memorial Day weekend, I was asked to go to several uh, family events where they were celebrating Memorial Day weekend, and I was asked to the Gettysburg Address, which I really enjoy doing. And uh, it's about more than frying burgers and roasting frankfurters, and it was good to see kids and young people hearing that. And when I came home Sunday night and heard your presentation, your tribute on Memorial Day, uh, I was just grinning from ear to ear. And uh, Mark, you're breaking up. Are you moving around or are you in a bad cell zone? Make sure this is gooder. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I can hear you now. Go ahead. You got me? Yes, sir. All right, what's the last thing you heard, brother? Uh, that you went to a family outing and enjoyed the program that we did. Yes, and uh, I did the recitation of uh, the Gettysburg Address for several families down here on the lake. And I came home that weekend and settled in and tuned into your show and heard that wonderful tribute you did on Memorial Day weekend. It was great. It was wonderful. And was it Jimmy uh, Rutledge? Is that the your 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 partner that did the the musical background? Billy Rutledge, yes, sir. Billy, Billy, yeah. And the two of you put that together. And in the last ten years, I've been doing a lot of research on on American history, and I keep screaming out, "I want all my tuition and taxes back from every <laughs> public school and private school I ever attended." Because why didn't you teach us this history? Our history is so rich, Jim. And for you to bring up the things that you did on that Memorial Day presentation swelled my heart. Well, but being, being the low-tech redneck that I am, and I have no Internet service here, I never got a message to you. And then came 4th of July. You did another one, a great show. Loved it. And so I am so glad that I did just send you a private thank you, and now I get to publicly thank you because I know there's many out there who feel the same as I do, you did a great service putting those two shows together because you had to do some research, oh, and it, that was wonderful. It was a lot of work, but it was a labor of love because the more yes. the more I read the words of our forefathers, the more I appreciate the fact that I honestly think they were inspired by God. And I, I agree. I, I cannot help but marvel at the words they had then, what they pertain to now, it's almost like they you know, were able to see into the future. And, of course, they grew up under tyranny, and they understood despotism, and they loved liberty. And that's kind of 
something that we all need to think about. So I, I really appreciate the fact that you enjoyed those programs. And, Mark, thank you so much for calling. Let's go to James, who's calling from Indiana. Yes, James, you're up. Hello, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, sir. I hope you're doing well. Yes, sir, I am. Uh, first off, I had a quick wildlife observation, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Uh, my husband and I were just recently commenting how much more of the wildlife quail we've seen and heard recently, especially this spring. And I'm wondering if you're seeing the same things and, and if they have Okay. James, uh, you're breaking up a bit. I could hear you. I'm going to repeat it so maybe if folks couldn't hear you were – commenting on hearing Bob White quail and friends of yours were, and you're wondering if they're doing well. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, uh, a lot of my friends have commented about that. It's in habitat areas where they have good habitat. Um, There is some good news on the conservation scene about what these warm season grass plots have done to protect quail and to provide habitat where they can breed and and multiply. And if there's an interface of that, by that I mean, you know, adjacent landowners sprinkled throughout an area, uh, they are doing much, much better than they have in the past, and it points to the need for habitat. You know, the, the demise yeah. of quail came when we went from small farms to big farms where they took out the fence rows and the marginal habitat areas that farmers didn't utilize but grew up in briar and honeysuckle and things of that nature. Once that went away, the quail, you know, disappeared in in many, many areas. But these warm season grass plots in particular are, in my estimation, uh, the wave of the future, if you will, for things like bobwhite quail and rabbits and and turkeys and deer, they all utilize those warm season grass plots for areas to reproduce and or seek shelter from the weather. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for your comments on that. And as far as the show, um, we we would like, uh, if it's possible, for to hear more on marksmanship, you know, like in the off season, more on uh, programs and stuff that you can, that are, uh, you know, instruction, things like that. Okay. Um, Recent, recently, my uh, siblings and I uh, took a program uh, that's affiliated with the Civilian Marksmanship Program called Revere's Riders, and um, it's a program that teaches the uh, Army military method of marksmanship, and it, we found it to be very good. Something like that uh, would be a good, uh, good something people would enjoy. All right, James, what was the name of that program? Uh, I believe it's Revere's Riders. Like Paul Revere. Okay, Revere's Riders, like R-I-D-E-R-S? Yes, sir. Okay, very good. I'll look into that. and uh, Gary Rome would be a great guy to speak about that, and we'll, I'll look yes. into that for you, okay? It was, it was very excellent. And also, um, if I could say this with the utmost respect, several times you've had shows on recent politics, and um, I understand they're necessary to talk about. But it seemed like it went on and on for quite a while and, you know, multiple shows and got a little long in the tooth, if you know what I mean. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Uh, those are shows where we have to get out a lot of information in a short period of time. But uh, I will take that to heart, sir. 
Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, James. Thank you. We got to go to break here, folks. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker. He has vacation cabins, wildlife management properties, and farms for sale, and he will be glad to help you sell your outdoor properties. Check them out, M-O-P-H-A-R-T-Realty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors, numbers 571-8484-1800-444-8484. Let's go to David, who's been holding on. Yes, David. Good evening, Jim. Hey, how are you, sir? I'm Kyle. I'm great. I just got back from my lake house down in Nolan for a nice weekend on the on the lake, and uh, just want to tell you, uh, I'm, unlike the last caller, I do appreciate those informative shows about issues of uh, governmental overreach and and malfeasance, uh, in particular your case you had with the with the guy down on the Kentucky River and and. Franklin County or wherever it was over there, and uh, I do appreciate that. And I must tell you that when you all get on these shows and just talk about nothing but guns, I'm a fisherman, not a hunter. I do like your stories when people call in about what they the deer that they've the deer that they've harvested during the fall. I listen to those, but these strictly gun shows uh, make me change the channel, but. but I'd like to hear more of on your show where it talks about um, talking about conservation and uh, uh, the ways that uh, folks can preserve their properties to encourage um, uh, the growth and the um, proliferation of wildlife and uh, what we can do to improve our, our fishing and our lakes. And I've I think it'd be interesting if you every week talked about uh, in, in the season talked about you know fishing reports around the state and maybe some hidden jewels uh, places to uh, catch some walleye some trout and um, that kind of thing. I, you know we talked one time about Looney Creek down in southeast Kentucky near Black Mountain and Pine Mountain and uh, I'd like to I'd like to hear more about those kind of things. Okay. Well, those are good suggestions, certainly. The the gun shows we do get a lot of calls, yeah. uh, David, and, and obviously that night there's probably fishermen that uh, perhaps don't want to hear about guns, but by the same token, there's there's gun owners or hunters who aren't interested in fishing. So I'm in this yeah. constant juggling act, if you will, but that's that's reason I do programs like we're doing tonight because I need to – hear from you folks, so I, I understand what you're saying, and I certainly appreciate it, and, and we will be doing more management type of programs going forward. That's one thing I've heard from people constantly in the last couple of years. You know, what can I do to increase wildlife usage on my property? What right. what foods can I grow? What do I need to know to create habitat? So we'll certainly... What, what is a warm summer grass what are you talking about? You, just, you mentioned that a couple of calls ago. Okay, those are warm season grasses that grow very, very tall. They were native species here when we had buffalo and uh, critters like that, and they provide excellent cover and food for critters. So we'll, we'll talk about that. I've got to go to break here, folks. This break is presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends. 
at SMI. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Open lines tonight, 571-8484-1800-444-8484. We're talking about suggestions, criticisms, etc. you may have for programming that we do every Sunday. In that regard, I do have a piece of information I want to pass along, and I will do it again at the end of the show. Congressman James Comer has put together a public hearing and meeting about the Asian carp problem in Western Kentucky, specifically on Kentucky and Barkley Lakes. Any of you that listen to the program know that we've talked about that a lot in the past. It is a very, very serious issue, and this field briefing uh, is very important to those of you who care about this, and that briefing will be held July 27th at 2 p.m. at the Lion Convention Center in Eddyville, Kentucky. Uh, we'll give some numbers and information on that, but basically they are taking public input on this hearing about the Asian carp problem, and I'm going to give this information now, but we'll do it again at the end of the show. They're asking you to email war on carp, just like it sounds, W A R. O-N-C-A-R-P at gmail.com. And they want your opinions or uh, what you think they should do. And it's, again, to show support to reduce the Asian carp problem. And your letters will be entered into the congressional briefing record. So that has to be done by tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day for doing these emails or you can call Wade White, Wade, W-H-I-T-E, and uh, he will take calls about that. He is the um, Lyon County Judge Executive who has helped put this together, and his number is 270-388-7311. I know this is probably running by you too fast to grasp it now, but I will do it again before the end of the program. Again, this is to address the issues about the invasion of the Asian carp and the damage that they're doing at Lake Barkley and Kentucky Lake. I can tell you, as a lifelong fisherman of both those lakes, they're having a very, very detrimental effect to those lakes. And this is a huge issue, so I would encourage you to participate in this by either calling Mr. White or emailing your suggestions in or comments. And again, we'll we'll report on that in before the end of the program again. Let's go to Andy, who's calling for Fairdale. Yes, Andy, you're up. Hey, Jim. Hey, uh, first of all, I, unlike the other guys that have called in, like hearing about all your topics, so keep it up. You're doing good work. Okay. Um, one of the things I wanted to suggest, though, you have a recipe show in the winter time, uh, right after hunting season's over, pretty much. Yes, sir. 
What about having one during the summertime for like fish and different game like that or stuff like that? Well, I, I, I could, think that would be helpful. Okay, I, I could certainly do that to, to give you my reasoning behind it. I do it at that time of year because you know hunting season's over. Folks got game and fish in the freezer and. It's kind of a holiday recipe show in a way because folks are, you know, having uh, their friends and family over for various holiday festivities. But I certainly have nothing against doing it this time of year. And and uh, they, we get a lot of good comments about that. So I will yep. put that on the plate. Yeah, I'd, I like to eat. So I like <laughs> to hear those recipes. So. Well, and forgive my pun about put it on the plate, but. Uh, I enjoy your suggestion, and that's a good idea because really probably what I ought to do, and I'll I'll try to do it here soon, is do a whole lot more fish recipes for this time of year because obviously yep. we're in the middle of fishing season. So I, I like that, that Andy. Great. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. Let's go to Steve who's calling from southern Indiana. Yes, Steve, you're up. Hi, Jim. Uh, Jim, you may have already have, have this on previous shows and archived. I just haven't found it. But uh, topics on night fishing and uh, frog gigging and maybe hunting turtles, uh, night activity, things associated with those uh, activities. You know, actually, Steve, yeah, that is a good suggestion. And I have not done a program specifically addressing that. And there are things that I participate in and have forever, and that and that's a great idea and suggestion. I've not done a show like that, and I'll write that down, and we'll we'll see what we can do about that. Especially the night fishing part of it. I I've enjoyed night fishing opportunities, obviously for bass, but catfish, walleye, sure. white bass, trout, uh, crappie. There's a lot of those species that night fishing this time of year, in particular, is is. A lot of fun and very, very productive. And uh, you know what? We'll put that up on the top of the list, and I'll try to get that done here in the next week or two, if that suits you. Yeah, that'd be great. I just had a lot of great memories with my father and grandfather doing night fishing and uh, the frog gigging, and we'd hunt turtles and set the hooks out. And uh, Didn't know if you'd dress that or not, but I'd appreciate if you'd give us some thought. I, hey, I, that is a great suggestion, and... Because I'm very familiar with it and love it myself, I'll do that here maybe next week, Steve. That's a, that's a great suggestion, okay. and I appreciate you calling that in. Thank you very much. Yes, okay. sir. Thank you for listening. Let's go to Matthews calling from Nelson County. Hey, Matthew, how you doing? I'm doing good, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. I got a question for you. I've been seeing a lot on Facebook and uh around different parts of Kentucky about these black bears. A lot of people are seeing black bears. I was wondering what you thought on the population and how um, that would affect the deer hunting and all the different types of hunting around Kentucky. Okay. Uh, Matthew, there are lots of bears in eastern Kentucky now. Um, I've got friends of mine that do wildlife management on properties over in that part of the state and folks that guide for elk for example, that are very familiar with, you know, what they're doing. And to your point, these young male black bears go through a wander about, if you will. By that, I mean they they disperse out of their home area to kind of get in their own home range that they would like to 
to set up. And because of that, they're spreading out of East Kentucky into various places around the state, and they are showing up on, uh, to your point, trail cameras. You know, (laughs) trail cameras are a very, very unique thing in a way because it's got people's eyes open to what goes on in nature on a constant basis. Yeah, where if you weren't out there and weren't able to be out there because of work or whatever, you never really knew what was going on. And, And they're a tremendous source of information about things like this and you know yes, beyond sir. bears bobcats and coyotes and you know there's things that uh these things reveal to us uh which is an aside from what you asked but i wanted to point that out right. because it is a tremendous information uh base for those of us who enjoy the outdoors so yes they are showing up now to your point about their impact there is one particular thing that I think we need to be very mindful of and keep a close eye on as we move into the future, and that is the predation by black bears of elk calves and fawn deer uh, in the areas where bears have been you know, uh, pervasive or are in big numbers in other states. They're a known predator of those uh, young critters, and they are particularly adept at learning about and preying upon uh, elk calves. And I've got a lot of friends of mine who do wildlife photography in the elk zone. They manage properties in the elk zone. Some of them own uh, areas, you know, in the mining areas. And they have seen this to be an increasing problem and so it's something to your point that i think needs to be monitored very closely and we need to understand what kind of impact they're having and they're definitely capable of and do engage in predation on those critters so they tend to be what's the right word well they're omnivorous what i mean by that is they eat plants and animals they're they're yeah. a very opportunistic feeder, but they do prey on animals that are available at various times of the year. And these calves and those fawn deer are something that bears are smart enough as a higher order predator and a predator that lives for a long time that through learned behavior knows when, where, and how to prey on those critters. So... Um, that's something I think we need well, to I study. Think, I think the deer zones across the state um, kind of reflect that as well. If you look at the deer zones and the population of bears across the state, the farther east you go, the uh, zone four, and when it gets down into like the Pineville Pikeville area, the deer population, I think the bear population reflects directly reflects that. I I don't at this point, honestly, uh, in that there's so many more deer habitat areas than there are bear habitat areas, but I'm not saying they don't have an impact in certain uh, locations, if you will. But the over there, the habitat and, and lack of foods, like agricultural foods and stuff, are part of what holds them back. But it, it, to your point, they need to study the impact that they're having on recruitment over there. 
Okay. And Jim, right. I just want to say to close this up, uh, I appreciate your uh, view on the whole deer thing in September uh, as far as the doe season goes with the rifle. Um, I hope you spearhead a coalition against the department on that. All right. Matthew, I appreciate it. It's a... All right. It's something that does just doesn't make any sense to me, quite frankly. We, no, sir, not at all. If they would speak, if the uh, department would do a little bit more talking to the people instead of just amongst themselves, I think they'd do a whole lot better. Amen to that. That's a big issue, and I appreciate you bringing that up because there's just not enough sportsman input, and it's not the sportsman's fault. They just have not done enough outreach to understand, you know, what – folks want and why they might object to something. And this particular issue is a primary example of that, Matthew. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. And keep at, keep at them, Jim. Thank you, sir. Let's go to Chuck. He's calling from Bardstown. Yes, Chuck, you're up. Hey, Jim. I was calling in to give you a, you know, appreciate you putting all these shows on for the veterans, you know, about, you know, honoring them for the shows. That's great. I've heard of you did several times. I was asking, asking about, a, I, I've been checking on this veterans hospital that's supposed to be building a little, you know, they, they got a lot of people against it, but then the latest completion date is, uh, is 2024, that's almost six years from now, and I've been asking these representatives why it's taking so long, and they just keep saying, well, that's government, that's government, but what gets me is they're going to build a stadium, and it's already broke ground. It'll be done in two years. They, they they can build anything and got the money for everything, but it seems like what, what comes to our veterans, they come last, just like immigrants. I don't have nothing against the immigrants, but we take better care of our immigrants when we do our veterans. It's what we're going to fall for our freedom. And, and, and people, we need to be checking this out and get on this government about getting more done for these guys with PTSD because it's because we're still losing 22 veterans a day, and that's unacceptable, and that's been going on for the last five years. Uh, I agree with you, Chuck, and, and uh, I guess my best suggestion there, and, and I'm sure you're already on it, but any, you know, I'm a veteran myself, so I, I appreciate what you're saying, and we do need to let our elected representatives know that we care very much about um, that hospital being built and the timeline on it, uh, that's something I'm sure if they look into it, they might uh, be educated in ways that they haven't thought about yet. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And uh, the show's about veterans and about uh, folks who supported our country are very near and dear to my heart. And I, I'm glad you appreciate that type of programming, Chuck. So thank you, sir. All right, folks, we got to go to break here. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties, Hart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker. Check them out, M-O-P-H-A-R-T-Realty.com. All kind of wildlife properties and farms for sale. He'll do a good job for you. Again, it's M-O-P-H-A-R-T-Realty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. As we approach the end of the show, I want to remind you folks, there is a congressional hearing held by Congressman Jamie Comer, James Comer, that's going to occur in Western Kentucky uh, here shortly, and I will give the information about that. But they're asking for 
input either via mail or email, and I will have a phone number you can call as well about that situation and where those carp are impacting, negatively impacting in a big way, our native game fish at Kentucky Lake, Barkley Lake, and in the Tennessee and Cumberland Rivers uh, below those lakes. It's a very serious situation and one that has created a tremendous amount of concern by those of us who love and fish those lakes. So I'll give that information before we get off the air here this evening. Let's go to Dennis, who's been holding. Hey, Dennis, welcome aboard. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing fine, sir. Hope you're doing well. Yes, sir. We listen to you out here at the Kentucky Truck Plant. That's where we're at right now, making trucks. Oh, bless your hearts. Yes. That's, a, that's a great thing yes, to be sir. doing. Yeah, we make them trucks that people go hunt in. How about that? Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> Yes, sir. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a lady seen a bobcat out in her yard, and she went and got her camera and went out to take a photo of it. And when she did, it charged her and jumped on her, and she was able to get her hands around the neck of that and was able to strangle that bobcat and uh, actually killed it. Did you hear that story? I heard the story about the woman that had a bobcat uh, uh, that was sitting in a chair on the entry to her house. I haven't heard the rest of that story. There was a story I, I heard about. I didn't read the article myself, but I was told that an individual had a uh, bobcat or a coyote. I don't remember which it was, honestly. That it yeah, had- it was- was a bobcat, but they don't know if it was rabbit or because usually they stay away from humans. And as soon as she come out of the house to take a picture of it, it come at her. And you know, naturally she put her hands up to get it off of her, and it was just scratching and biting her. And uh, then she got several stitches and uh, had to. T- Started taking tetanus shots, but she was able to uh, choke it out. Well, I can tell you one thing: there's a whole lot of things in the world that I'd rather fight than a bobcat. Yes, sir. Uh, I've, yeah. I've uh, you know, fooled with them in traps and hunted them quite a bit, and they are absolutely vicious as about anything you could ever encounter when they're ready to fight you. So, anyway, Dennis, yes. thank everybody out there at the truck plant you all are doing a great job and we appreciate you calling yes sir we love yourself brother and you have a great day and god bless thank you sir god bless you all all right folks here's the information on this war on carp this is going to be a hearing held by congressman jamie comer james comer and they want letters of support emailed to war on carp at gmail.com it's pretty simple. War on carp at gmail.com. And that uh, hearing is going to be held on July the 27th at 2 p.m. at the Lyon LYON Convention Center. That's in Lyon County, down there in western Kentucky. And for information, you can contact. Uh, Lyon County Judge Wade White, and his telephone number is 
270-388-7311. We will post that on our podcast page. Don't forget, you can get our podcast at iTunes or on Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, or check us out on Facebook, Jim Strader Outdoors. God bless, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.